Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Like many Unitarian Universalist ministers, I majored in English in college. I love reading. I especially love a book with a really good plot twist. But I don't love it when plot twists happen in my life. Over the pandemic, my partner and I began listening to Agatha Christie's mystery novels featuring the Belgian detective Hercule Poirot. He is uh, one of her major characters in her novels. And Agatha Christie is a master of the plot twist. If any of you all have read her books, you, you know that as well. And the uncertainty of early 2020, listening to a story like Murder on the Nile or Peril on End, at End House, where after a few twists and turns in the narrative, the mystery is always solved, was so comforting to me. In each novel, the evidence is laid out piece by piece among many red herrings. And I always try to solve the mystery before Poirot and his little gray cells. Whether I get it right or wrong, it is deeply satisfying when Poirot gathers all the characters together to tell them who is guilty and how the nefarious crime was committed. In life, we do not have a Hercule Poirot to solve our mysteries. There is no detective to gather us together and tell us why our loved ones have died of cancer or why our heart has been broken. We are left in the mystery, twisted and occasionally broken by how the plots of our lives change. Who is guilty for the crimes of our narratives? How do we find justice in our own stories? I'm still searching for the answer to many mysteries, many spiritual questions in my life. In the meantime, I'm left wondering about what lessons we can learn from the plot twists in our lives that are not unlike the plot twists in our favorite books. In fiction, the role of a plot twist is to surprise the reader and to draw them in. The moment a plot twist occurs, that's the moment when you decide you're just gonna leave your dirty dishes in the sink so you can't put your book down. A good plot twist shocks the reader, revealing a truth that had been hidden or avoided. It could be a truth about ourselves, a flaw we were previously unaware of, perhaps, or maybe we discover an untapped talent within ourselves. Other plot twists remind us of how little control we have over our lives, be it a random car accident, a bout of the stomach flu, or an earthquake. Every day we are inundated with reminders that we cannot predict our own futures. While this is exhausting and can inspire catastrophic thinking, the unpredictability of life 
The mystery of our individual and collective futures is full of possibility. The hospital is a setting for many of life's most tragic and transformative plot twists. As a hospital chaplain, I'm called to be a witness and a companion to people who are dancing on that thin line between catastrophe and possibility. Someone has a new cancer diagnosis, but there's also a new clinical trial that could cure it all. Someone else finds out that they have hours before they could receive a new liver transplant that would allow them to live to see their child graduate from college. But how much time will they have after that? The hospital is home to hundreds of people trying to make sense of the mystery of our unpredictable health and mortality. In her poem, The Summer Day, Mary Oliver writes, doesn't everything die at last and too soon? I remember meeting a woman whose 90-year-old father was in the process of dying. She said to me, I feel silly saying this, but I never thought my father would die. No matter the age, malady, or circumstance, when a loved one dies, it changes our world. I know from experience. The plot twist that changed my life and put me on the path to ministry was the death of one of my closest friends when I was 19 years old. I remember standing in her hospital room as she was dying, unsure of what to say. Honestly, I didn't really want to say anything because I thought it would make me cry. And I did not want to cry in front of her mother. Because who was I to be so sad when she was losing her daughter? In the midst of my stoic silence, a woman entered the room and introduced herself as a chaplain. It was really awkward. And I'm saying that as a chaplain now, it was very awkward. Out of all of us in the room, I was probably the most religious, but it was the quiet religiosity of a Unitarian Universalist who had never said a prayer out loud in my entire life. What was she doing here? Was she just trying to make us cry? Rather than asking about religion or offering a prayer, the chaplain gently asked about our friend. What is she like? What is the story that you remember? Slowly, we all began to speak. She wore rain boots to prom. She loved talking on the phone. She wanted to be an actress. Imperceptibly, we found ourselves standing closer together and no longer afraid to cry. I'm still working to understand this plot twist, how someone my age who had as much life left to live as I did could just be gone. A mystery I will probably never understand. In the unraveling of my grief, I found myself wanting to be like that chaplain, to help people find connection when they were forcefully and cosmically disconnected from the people they love. And my plot twist led me here, 
to purposeful work within a community of people who also want to explore the mysteries of love, loss, and legacy. It can be shocking to lose someone we love. It can be equally shocking how quickly someone can enter our lives, stealing our heart and changing us forever. In their poem, First Love, Andrea Gibson writes about their first experience in an authentic queer relationship. This is what, she, this is what they write. I don't think I ever really kissed any boys. I think my tongue had just been punching their tongues. But as soon as you loved me, all my callous went away. My hands so soft, it hurt to pray. You'd pick me up at my Catholic college and I'd sleep for hours until we reached your house. The first time in my life I'd ever rested. The first time I didn't have to play a role I'd never really wanted to get. That's the medicine it is to be finally seen by someone. Allowing ourselves to love in an unpredictable world is a great risk. Yet we learn time and again, it is a risk worth taking. This is a story from the podcast, This is Love by Phoebe Judge. On August 28, 2000, Danny Stewart and Pete Mercurio had plans to meet for dinner after work. They'd been together for a few years, and they live in Chelsea in New York City. Danny is running late, and mindful that Pete gets hangry, he is rushing out of the local ACE subway station at 15th Street. Then, he sees a bundle on the ground. Well, this is interesting, thinks Danny. Why would a little girl leave her doll on the ground? But then the doll's leg moves. It isn't a doll. It's a baby. Scanning the subway station, Danny looks for a parent, anyone who may have lost their child, and he sees no one. This is the year 2000, so no cell phones. Danny runs to a payphone. He calls 911. I found a baby. While he waits, he strokes the baby's head. Everything's going to be okay, he says to the child, who now he can see as a newborn baby boy. The minutes feel like hours. Had the police not believed him, why would they? It's so outrageous. Deciding he can't wait any longer, Danny runs back to the payphone and he calls his partner, Pete. I found a baby, Danny says. I need you to call 911. I don't think they believed me. No, where are you? Where are you? Pete says. I'm going to come down there. I will flag someone on the way. There's cop cars always somewhere. I'll find somebody. I'm coming down right now. Remembering that day, Pete says, it was just so surreal. I think Danny was in shock when he found the baby, and then I was in shock when I saw the baby for the first time. It was sort of like electricity in the air, like this disbelief. Whoa, Danny really did just find a baby, and here he is in the policeman's arms. The baby was taken to the hospital. The doctors determined that he is only about three hours old. The police hold press conferences with Danny, during which he repeats the story over and over again, with the hope that someone will come forward 
and claim the child. No one does. After three months, Danny is told the courts have decided to terminate the parental rights so that the baby would be eligible for adoption. They ask Danny if he would come to tell his story again. Danny arrives at the court, he tells his story, and as the hearing closes, the judge addresses Danny. She says, Mr. Stewart, I just wanna let you know what's happening. In situations where we have a baby that's been abandoned, we want to place that baby in pre-adoptive foster care as quickly as possible. And the next thing out of her mouth is, would you be interested in adopting this baby? Shocked and overcome with emotion, Danny says, yes, but I, I don't think it's that easy. To which the judge replies, well, it can be. If you're interested, it can be. Danny goes home where he and Pete discuss what, what, the, what this would mean for their relationship. They've been together for three years. They've never talked about having children. Pete is angry that Danny said yes without consulting him and worries how a baby would change their lives. At one point, Pete walks out, this isn't fair. They have such a good life. A baby, it's gonna change everything. When Pete gets home, Danny is waiting for him. Will you just come with me to visit the baby? He asks. Yes, I'll go with you, Pete says, but I'm not committing to anything. Danny holds the baby first. Do you remember me? He asks, looking into the child's bright eyes. Then Danny hands the baby to Pete. And Pete feels something inside him soften. Pete says, the baby wrapped his hand around my finger and just squeezed. And I knew in that moment, this is our son. They name him Kevin. On June 24th in 2011, New York State legalized same-sex marriage. Kevin asks his dads, Will you get married? Danny and Pete agree they know that there's only one person who can officiate their wedding. They email the judge who presided over Kevin's adoption, the woman who asked Danny, would you be interested in adopting this baby? In less than two hours, they have a response. She would be delighted to marry them. That evening in August, as Danny ran through the subway station trying to make his way to Pete in time for their dinner reservation, he had no idea that his life was about to change, that his heart was going to be expanded and stretched, and that a little baby boy would bring him and Pete closer than they had ever imagined. Plot twists like theirs give me hope. Just like the plot twists in our favorite books, the plot twists in our lives are invitations to pay attention and to engage with our story. We can't control when they happen. That's kind of the whole point. But we can control how we respond. We have the opportunity to acknowledge the truth that the plot twist delivers to us, be it the suffering that comes with loss and change, the humility that comes with self-reflection, or the courage it takes to love.
Even though I would love to have my own Hercule Poirot who could solve the mysteries of my life, I know it's not supposed to be that way. I know that we are each the detectives of our own mysteries, finding meaning where we can and acceptance where we cannot. May we honor each other's stories and our own through all the twists and turns that are yet to come. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart and namaste. I bow to the divine in each of you. Our benediction today comes from the poet and novelist, May Sarton. Help us to be the always hopeful gardeners of the spirit, who know that without darkness, nothing comes to birth, as without light, nothing flowers. Let us keep the faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when this service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. Where you go, I will go, beloved. Where you go, I will go. people are my people your people are mine your people are my people your divine my Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.